We're so excited to announce our partnership with the Senior Living Transformation Summit. Join us in Boston on February 26th and 27th with a collaboration of senior living leaders who are at the cutting edge of digital transformation and catering for baby boomer residents. Learn about innovative approaches to business systems to make recruiting, retaining, and supporting staff easier and more efficient. To find out more, visit SeniorLivingTransformation.com. Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Welcome back, you Mavericks. We have an exciting show here with Kate West of Eaton Senior Communities, and I am Francis Lagasse, your Chief Curiosity Maverick. And I am Catherine Wells, your Chief Inspiration Maverick. And I'm Kate West, the Director of Community Development at Eaton Senior Communities. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Glad to have you here, Kate. It's, it's, uh, it's always great to talk to forward thinkers that are already in the industry. And you are going to talk with us today about your thoughts on affordability in the middle market. Kate, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and why you got into this industry. Yes. So I am our Director of Community Development, which encompasses all sorts of roles. Primarily, though, I'm in charge of our fundraising and marketing. So a lot to do with intergenerational programming in terms of trying to reach younger donors, as well as marketing and really expanding for that baby boomer population. Um, and one of our biggest challenges is affordability and serving that middle market. So constantly trying to think of new programs and ways to reach those individuals. And I always like to ask the question, what do you def- how do you define the middle market? Yeah, <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. Um, as you know, there's a lot of discussion out there around what really is the middle market. So my definition of the middle market that we're using at Eaton Senior Communities is people between 80 to 120% of the area median income. Hmm. So here in Colorado, in the Denver metro area, that's between about 52000 to about $78,000 a year. Okay. That they can afford. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Or that, sorry, that that's their income. That's their income, okay. Yep, and so um, then rent or your, your housing costs should be about 30%, 30% of your income. Okay. Yep. Okay. So what we're seeing at Eaton is we've been around for about 40 years and as the 40 for 40 years we've been a HUD subsidized independent living community and the wait list is often two years or more now rents you only pay 30% of your income um, and it's income restricted up to 80% AMI so if you make even a dollar over the 80% AMI you're there's no other option it's not like we can be like, oh, well, we'll just increase your rent a little bit. It's like, no, you can't live in a HUD-subsidized building okay. if you're making even a dollar over that limit. Okay, and sorry, what's AMI? AMI, that area median income. Okay. Thank you. All right, <laughs> yes. good, good. Just want to make sure. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly. crazy, though. That yeah. means you could well, be cutting out... That's- they have wow. to have their rules. No, I know, but I'm right? just saying that. And could... that's the low-income building. Okay. So that okay. is really, you know, that's a model that's been around. Unfortunately, we know HUD funding for senior projects really doesn't exist anymore. Mm. HUD programs are really going away. There's still the 202 program, but it's pretty limited. Gotcha. So what we're seeing is, okay, there are a few affordable housing options out there for low-income seniors, specifically 80% of the area median income or less. But what about the people who are over that? Right. Yeah. 
Where do they go? We're just over that, right? Exactly. Okay. What what okay. options are out there? Okay. And that's where the middle market really comes in. We know this is an exploding demographic. Um, just to geek out just a little bit, is that it's going to be 14.4 million people by 2029. Yeah. In the middle market? In the middle market. So that's, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And, and that, that's U.S.? Exactly. Okay. Within right. the U.S. Okay. Huh. Good. And we the, know in Colorado that we're going to see a huge portion of that. Yeah. That's just... So for the, the person in the room who doesn't yeah. quite know or understand all of this, I don't have a background in, in how all of that works, it is eaten... So you have a low-income building, yep. then yeah. the rest is... Exactly. So the... Independent living building, it's Senior Apartments Plus Services, that's our low income building. And what we saw was, wow, we have a lot of people who are coming to this low income building that don't meet that criteria of being below 80% of the area median income. So what do we do? So we did open a new building in September of 2019 that is aimed at the middle market. Okay. So we based our rents on 30% of the area media income so that that way we're really trying to serve that middle market population. Okay. And because we're crazy and we're mission oriented, we also self-imposed an upper income restriction. What is that? What is, what is that? Yeah. So that's about seventy-eight thousand. If you make over that, we won't take you. Okay. Because and then you can afford. You have some, other options. You, have other you options. can afford a high-end continuing okay. care retirement community or a private pay market. Um, you know, rents in Denver are still really expensive. Um, and I think what makes us unique is our rents are affordable as well as that supportive service package. But when you're looking at that middle market individual, it's basically I can go live in a really expensive apartment community that has no supports, no social right. system, yeah. and probably be fairly isolated. Correct. Or I can look at a middle market community. Unfortunately, there just isn't enough right now. Luckily, the discussions are happening, but we really need to increase the availability of the middle market products. And so I'm really curious about, so you have the, the base rent, right, which is 30% of AMI, and then you have the supportive services. Yeah. Is that an additional fee? And, and, or yes. Or how does that, how does that, what I'm curious about is how do you make that work? Great questions. Um, so our supportive services package is included in your monthly wow. cost. Now, what does that include? We do have a dining program on site you do have to pay for the meals but you have access to that okay. um, we have housekeeping available on site and you can private pay for that but those are the only two services that you will pay for okay. uh, beyond that we have wellness services pretty much all of our wellness providers directly bill insurance okay. so it's through community partnerships cool so we have everything from rounding physicians dermatology podiatry even up to like yoga and massage and alternative therapies and are those private pay though so our yoga is donated. Wow. Um, huh. And then our That's massage great. therapist actually does it where she breaks it down into 15-minute increments huh. so that people can pay just $10 Whoa. rather than the $60 it would normally cost to go get a massage. That's so she's creating cool. options for people yeah. who... Exactly may not have the funds to do exactly. the full thing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. that, and that's got to be We're passionate about the wealth. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that's got to be through be, your relationships exactly. with people that's and cool. finding people who are also mission oriented that's, like you. That's really cool. Yeah. What up? 
What do you do, though, for, like, if someone needs more hands-on care, like a shower assistant or uh, dressing assistant, something along those lines? Great question. So we do our community partnerships, again. um, We do whether, it depends on, again, kind of what their needs are, but many people will qualify for Medicaid long-term care. Even if they're over the income limit, there's a Medicaid buy-in program that they can take advantage of. And at that point, even if you're over the income limit for traditional Medicaid, you can still qualify for long-term care Medicaid. Um, I won't. Get, I can geek out on Medicaid all day, so I have to keep this concise. But essentially, <laughs> you can receive home and community-based personal care services covered by Medicaid. Um, oh, very cool. So that helps keep your costs in control. It helps keep their out-of-pocket expenses in control. Exactly. exactly. That's interesting. I didn't know about Either any did, of this. Well, I knew HCBS, but I didn't know that you could buy in, though. I yes. thought you were kind of, it was all based on how much wealth you had or you'll have to do another episode on the whole buy-in because i'm sure that i'm not the only person out there who doesn't understand and i didn't i'll talk medicaid all day i love this might be a good facebook live (laughs) episode to do on medicaid i'm intrigued by that because that i don't i think that's an underutilized resource it's not well known okay Um, it still requires an asset limit but it's where the income limits change very interesting we'll have to dive into you we're definitely have to circle back i think this would be really a cool facebook live because i think we have a lot of people that are just figuring out what options are available to yeah. pay and it's such an exciting thing because right. when you look at the cost of home care depending on where you're at it may be cheaper to go the long-term care Medicaid route right. and buy into that mm-hmm. rather than paying privately and that's one yeah. key thing that I learned I started as a service coordinator at Eaton which is another aspect of our supportive services component yeah. is someone who's really trained and able to do a full assessment of their insurance their social determinants of hmm. health all of those things and that's how I learned about all the different Medicaid programs because those are so crucial to supporting people in aging in place. Yeah. Yeah. So in our supportive services package, that service coordinator really acts as the crux for making sure people can age in place, whether it's do you have enough food, do you have transportation? Uh And then the community partners are really managed by our wellness director, and those are the key people that we bring on site to support people. I can happily say, um, and and if you're in this industry, you know it's happy, but when I talk to people who aren't in this industry, they're like, well, that's kind of morbid. Um, But (laughs) you know. There's a lot of that if you're in the industry. Exactly, (laughs) That, that people passing away at Eaton is a success story for us. If we can have people truly age in place and pass away in their home, that is what we want. What we find is that many of our residents do move to a nursing home or to hospice for about six weeks before they pass away. But we're certain- Does hospice not come in? They do, but depending upon their needs, um, some people prefer to do inpatient. I'm guessing because HCBS limits the number of hours to have somebody there. So when you're privately paying, you could have Ah. a private caregiver there 24 seven and be paying on average. Denver's average rate for in-home care now is like $32 an hour. So that makes, yet they still get the, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's a great creative approach right now to how you solve for some of the affordability that is almost non-existent. Yeah, and that's really what we saw is that, you know, we love our HUD building and it fills itself, right? You only pay 30% of your income towards rent. Most of the people who live in that building, even though it's capped at that 80% of the area median income, Mm Most of the people we're serving are actually at about 20% of the area median income. So we're serving a very low income population in that building. And it's really wonderful to be able to see them able to age in place, especially knowing that they may not have very many other options based on their limited resources. And I'm going to say what I've said. I'm going to get on my soapbox and say we're not (laughs) building products that are going to meet the needs 
of our older adults in the future. Yep. Yeah, it's one of the things that we'll be talking about as well at, at our event and, and on the podcast, and we'll continue to talk about it, is how can we affect that change now? In the, I was telling Francis the other day, in the software world, um, there are statistics on how much cheaper it is to find a bug in the development cycle versus once it's been released and out there in the world and one of your customers finds it. Yep. And it's, it's really the same concept in this. If we can figure out some of the design elements and the, the the, the issues in building itself mm-hmm. before we build it. Exactly. It's a lot cheaper and creates better options for people who are going to live there. And that's for us. What we did in terms of opening this middle market building was we actually rehabbed an old building. I was going to ask you, how did you manage to do this? So yes. tell us more about yeah. that. Yes. So we had to repurpose an old existing building that we had on campus okay. and go in and retrofit into the existing structure. Hmm. So when looking at it we had a lot of options and what we did was we struck um, what I think is a great ratio of studios to one bedrooms all of them are pretty efficient in size Um, one key thing if you're going to be serving the middle market is you do have to have enough density and units to really make it effective um, because those rates aren't exactly high effective for you to exactly. be exactly fiscally effective, uh, we'll right. say. Okay. And how many? So how, what is that number that you guys have? So number? we have 64 units, a makeup of uh, 55 one bedrooms, and the remaining are studios. And just just to talk some basics to put it in perspective, of our rents range from a thousand to fourteen fifty a month. That's really so. If you're looking out at private apartment communities in Denver, we're still cheaper than a lot of apartment communities Absolutely. that have no services. Yeah. So how did we do that? Um, We had an existing building, so we're really fortunate that that was an option to use. We also got pretty creative with how we designed our units. Um, You know, I will say our our units are absolutely beautiful. People come in and they're like, oh my God, there's so much light and they're gorgeous. But they're not granite countertops. They're not stainless steel appliances. We really did try to make it as appealing as possible while still being budget-minded, knowing that these aren't high-end CCRC units. Right. the, those are not need to haves. Those are nice to haves anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it's more exactly. important to have a countertop <laughs> and to have a granite countertop. Exactly. <laughs> or a roof or a roof over your a head. A roof over your head. And unfortunately, you know, the the point of it's most important to have a roof over your head. We actually work with Colorado Coalition for the Homeless in helping people transition from homelessness into into our setting. Um, and that's one thing that I, th- I really think I'm proud of of working there is that. We are doing this outreach to serve people who are really in need of this housing. Like I said, we're crazy that we imposed us our own income restriction. Whoever wants to be like, no, you have too much money. We're going to turn you away. As our marketing and salesperson, sometimes that's very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But... It, it means a lot to me because we really are serving people in need. What we found that was really interesting and, and surprised us was our smallest units actually rented first. So those 300 to 450 square foot units, gone. What do you attribute that to? Partially the affordability. Those are the ones at 1,000 to 1,100 price point versus 13 to 14. But I also think that what we're seeing trending in this demographic that's entering the 62 up world is there's a want to simplify. You know, the Marie Kondo simplify your life thing. Um, It's everywhere. And that people really, we're seeing, want an apartment that they can just leave and not have to worry about all of their stuff and what they're going to do with it, that this is my home. I don't need more than this. I just want to have purpose and community. Excuse me. In this building, do, is this you have community 
events you have just like any other assisted living kind of community okay and so i will tell you in the supportive services package we have all of the kind of traditional senior living elements like activities scheduled grocery store transportation all of that stuff as well Um, in fact some of our activities are pretty interesting we take residents to breweries we have an activity every month at uh, grandma's house brewery where our residents come and we promote intergenerational exchange because we're really passionate about making sure that younger generations right. have an idea that older people are awesome yes and they're not foreign they yes right. um, so you know when it comes to looking at the lifestyle we really i i say we offer as much if not more than a high-end ccrc would but at an affordable price point because yeah, by i mean you've heard me say this too is i think people are spending too much too early mm-hmm. in the aging process yep. to, and not getting any services so yeah. they're spending four or five six thousand on that beautiful independent living that might have meals and all these other things but there's nothing they're not getting any hands-on care when they should be saving that money for if when they need hands-on support yep yeah and i think that's the the big issue is spending too much too soon doesn't leave you with any cushion for later exactly and And then your options are limited and most of the time you're spending that money on amenities that you may or may not use exactly and that's why i think we have to really look at our model yeah is encouraging some type of independent community living at that $1,000 to $2,000 range. And that's one of the things that I think is really interesting when you look at the middle market is with the way that our, our society is structured, a low-income resident, and I actually, I'll show you guys the charts because I'm a nerd. Right. If you have a resident who's at 30% of the area median income, but they have subsidies through Medicaid, through food stamps, through rent subsidies, and then you have a resident who's at, let's say, 60% of the area median income. Okay. So they don't qualify for normal Medicaid. They don't qualify for food stamps. Um, they don't qualify for rent subsidy. You wind up that their net income is actually the same. Huh. So by the time that a middle-income older adult spends all of their necessities, like rent, food, all of that, they're in the same boat as our lowest-income older adults. Which is a big problem. It's a big problem. I will be honest. When I found this out, I was like, what am I doing saving for retirement? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is not real. But I had a moment of why am I working so hard to save for retirement when at, you know, the normal area median income, I'm going to be you know, worse off than if I were lower income. And I'm not saying we should eliminate the subsidies for low income. I do not want people to take that away from this at all. Right. But what I do want people to take away is that we do need to consider this middle market as a really pressing need and that low income market gets a lot of discussion and a lot of attention, yet the middle market is literally in the same boat financially. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's a really good... um, an interesting revelation and something that kind of scares me a little bit actually. Well, it's very it's very scary and and what's interesting is there's probably a lot of people in that boat that don't even know that. They they exactly. know that things are tight. They know it's rough. Oh. But they don't really know that they're actually living kind of at the same net income as someone with lower income and that um that's got to be frustrating when yeah. you can't put a name to what's happening and you have nowhere to go. Yeah, You're like it's I've worked really so hard, I saved for retirement. Why can't I make ends meet? When right. the, the, that's a whole other conversation. But I will say, when you look at our older adult population and the financial resources of that boomer generation, yep. majority of them are middle market. Yeah. 
Interesting. So with all that, what are some, like, I'd say, you know, three key points or three things you'd like our audience to really either, you know, pay attention to or dive into deeper? Yeah. Well, if in case you can't hear my passion for the middle market and, okay. and knowing that there is a need for it and that as senior living providers, we need to be restructuring how we are charging admission fees, how we're charging community fees and rentals. We really need to look at how we can serve the middle market because most people in the future are not going to have quarter of a million dollars sitting there for a community buy-in plus a monthly fee. So really think about the, the fees that you're charging as well as what you're offering in terms of products for the middle market. I'd also say aging in place is really important to most people. I think that's what we all want. We know research will show that that is trending. Um, so please make sure to advocate for Medicaid buy-in programs and Medicaid home and community-based services because regardless of your income, you never know when a health crisis could wipe that out and you need those supportive services. So I'm very passionate about making sure those stay in place. Mm -hmm. I would say the third is make sure to promote that intergenerational exchange. I will say I am a millennial and I am so passionate about older adults and it scares me when I see younger adults who aren't thinking about aging services as a field because hopefully if we're lucky enough we'll all be in senior living someday mm -hmm. and I want it to look good for me. Well powerful. said. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly said. I love that. And that's really what we're about, too. That's is awesome, yeah. We want it to, to be wonderful for all of us as we get there. I exactly. want aging to be a, aging's yeah. a blessing. Yeah. And we need to have playful and fun brought into getting older, not looking at it as this, oh, crap, I don't have enough money. But let's enjoy however long we're here, whether it's 40, 50, 60, 100, 110 years, whatever it may be. Let's enjoy and honor the ability to get older. Yeah, and try exactly. to reduce some of the stress that yeah. that maybe could be unnecessary if we can take some of these measures now. Correct. Right? Exactly. I'm really inspired by your passion. I'm inspired by this right here, this chart that we're going to put in the show notes for everybody. The Just the idea that you sat down and you looked at this and, and you were able to... Um, suss that out and now we can actually have a real conversation about this it's hard to have a conversation and begin to create solutions without data like this so really I'm very inspired by that I think it's really really cool about how you're looking at the affordability of the middle market like to me that is yeah it's pretty cool yeah and what you did retrofitting the building yeah. um, there's so much to be inspired about with Eaton I I have to ask are you nonprofit we are I forgot non to ask that yep. okay oh, but, yeah and then, okay. I will tell you um, being a nonprofit we're often on limited resources absolutely and that our fundraising grant writing and um, our partners are really key as I, I know I keep hitting on that community yeah. partnerships portion but it's huge but that's what yeah. aging is it's a team effort it is Amen. it takes a village Amen. That saying will never get old. It's never going to be cliche because it is so, so true. Well, it makes me think now, what could you do with all those old malls out there? My husband continuously asks, what are we going to do with the old malls? I know. It's intriguing now that, you know, as hearing, everything moves online. Because I've always yeah. thought about the malls as a way to build some type of affordable housing and long term. I don't know. Whole other story. Sorry. Yeah. But you just got yeah. my brain. Well, I will give you, you know, a quick rolling. little tidbit that Denver is the test site for that. We, I will say, as much as Denver has really big affordable housing issues, we're also pioneering some pretty cool stuff. Um, if you have not heard the story of the strip club on East Colfax being. Uh -huh. um, no. Nope. Um, 
they are converting it into housing for people with uh, traumatic brain injuries. And it's one of the first projects of its kind, but they took an old strip club, <laughs> old CD strip club on uh, East Colfax. Yeah. And they're how many, converting how many residents? Like, you know, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Probably, I'm guessing 12 we'll, to 14. We'll they don't like to, to make those that. too big, right? Yeah. I think. yeah, so it'll be interesting right, to see. It out. But it's <laughs> We'll try cool. to find a link to yeah. some information yeah. and put it out there because that is really interesting yeah. and very creative. And it's one of the things I love about Denver in general yeah. is we're very innovative and we, we invest in our city. Exactly. So, um, so tell us, I, we like to ask the question, who in your life do you consider to be a maverick and why? Well, I'm a little emotional today because my grandma is uh, in the hospital currently. She'd be appalled if I said that on the podcast, but that's fine. I use my mom and grandma all the time. She okay, okay. Yeah. Grandma, don't Me worry. Too. No Me one will too. judge you for it's being okay, in the hospital. Grandma. Um, so I'm a little emotional today because she's in the hospital, but my grandma, um, she is one of those people who has always just showed such kindness, generosity, and care for everybody in her life. Mm -hmm. And she's 78 um, and just really uh, one of those people that wakes up with a sense of purpose every day. Cool. And that that's something that I always strive for is waking up every day knowing that I have a purpose and I can make a difference. Um, and she's really embodied that for me. So she's really my, my maverick. That's I love awesome. that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Gotta love the Grams. <laughs> you know, it's so important because, I mean, they show us the way. Well, what's so. really cool is we're able to see more of our grandparents are living longer. Yeah. We're, we're able to have a better intergenerational connection to yeah. them because my own grandmother's 92. So it's kind of cool to have, you know, 30 plus years getting to know my grandmother and seeing what she did, hear the stories, things like that. Which is really beautiful. And, and I'm older than Francis and you. And <laughs> so I didn't have that. But we were talking about the sandwich generation on our last Facebook live yeah. and beautiful, did you watch yeah, it, it and so really I'm, I'm really on it about this uh, sort of discovery that it's it's not just the sandwich it's a double-decker now yep. it's we have grandchildren involved and the, for the the person in the middle there mm -hmm. it that's a lot yeah. it's another layer it's a lot more and that's one thing that I think will be interesting to see is how senior living will adapt to multi-generational housing yeah. yeah and I think it's gonna all play around affordable housing even for everybody in exactly. general and creating yeah. a new village model I call it I mm -hmm. use village as just yeah. a loose term but yeah, creating no, a new village model for intergenerational living yep. yeah. and acceptance and the vert have you heard of the ver vertical village model it's Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That, Same that idea, but of intergenerational living, oh. community purpose. I've not heard of it, mm. so we'll it's have to. Great. We'll dive deep into that. Okay. One too. All um, right. So as always, we always like to ask too: How are you creating hope for those in the middle market? How are you doing some yes. of that? A great question. Um, I will tell you, it is such a nice thing to go to work every day and feel that ray of hope because in, especially in a city like Denver where affordability is such a crisis, it can be a little overwhelming. Um, but seeing the people coming in, into our building has been phenomenal. And that's where our hope really lies is not only in a roof over your head, because I think that's important, but also the community and the purpose, right? It's not just a roof over your head. That, that, that's a shelter. Um, what we are is a community. We have that social engagement, that sense of purpose and that sense of joy. That's awesome. And that those are the things that make me hopeful. Regardless of how our models change, those are the things that we all want. That's yeah. so cool. That's just, you can hear the passion, the love, the, the desire to, to really have that positive impact on people. Yeah, yeah people. very, that, very mission-driven, yeah. absolutely. Very and cool. if I recall, you have the robotic cats 
right? We do. Yes, I yes. love them, and I shouldn't call them robotic. What do you call no, that's, them? Um, compa- animated companion animals. Ca- yes, animated. I like yeah, animated, animated, animated cats. Animated. I have, saw we've... them when I was visiting there last year, Good. and it was just, it was just so much fun to see the residents love on them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! Yeah. And that's, we, I could geek out on tech all day, but that's that's a whole we'll other. We'll do that. Catherine's a gadget girl, right? Yeah. So how uh, how can people find you? Get more about learn more about you and what you're doing. Yes, please visit EatonSenior.org. That is our main website. We have our blog up there. We've got our own podcast of resident stories up there. Um, but also feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, my email is kwest at eatonsenior.org, and my phone number is 303-937-3088. But I always love to hear other people's thoughts and ideas, so please do not hesitate to reach out because I'm always looking for opportunities to collaborate and brainstorm and help shape the face of the industry. That's awesome. And as always, we'll have those in our show notes comment section for people to to see and and connect with you absolutely and if you didn't hear it kate mentioned a podcast with their resident stories so you actually bring your residents to a podcasting location and you have them tell their stories correct and the name of the podcast is i'm not dead yet love it that is the best (laughs) that is the best my husband has a t-shirt that says i'm not dead yet and it and it's from monty python right yes Yes, absolutely so yeah good yeah fun Kate, thank you so much. You're, thank you you guys. are a joy, and I'm so excited that you're in this industry and that we get to know you because yes, you are you. This is cool. you are a maverick. Well, yes. thank you, and thank you guys so much for doing this. The industry needs it. Awesome. So we appreciate your hard work. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.